Hello, and welcome to In the Limelight, Vanity Fair's entertainment and pop culture podcast. I'm Josh Duboff, Vanity Fair's senior writer, and I'm here with Julie Miller, Vanity Fair's senior Hollywood writer. On In the Limelight, we analyze the ins and outs of pop culture, entertainment, and celebrity from the past week, from the Kardashians to Kate Middleton and everything in between. A lot of exciting news items today to discuss. We have all kinds of topics. Uh, Julie was backstage at the SAG Awards, as you may have seen on our Instagram stories. And we have a lot to talk about from her eyewitness uh, observations. We also have another royal wedding engagement, not related to Ms. Markle, that we have to discuss. This is just such a wealth of royal weddings. I had no idea. Um, But first, we're going to check back in and continue a topic we brought up last week, which is Kim Kardashian, Kanye West's third baby, which whom they finally named on Friday. Josh, I, I have to say we got some amazing feedback from listeners and name suggestions. I really thought that one of the suggestions, Lux, was going to be what Kim picked, but she went in a completely different direction. Yeah, someone, one of you guys tweeted at us about the name Lux, and I think Julie and I both immediately thought that kind of tracks. It it goes really well with North and Saint. Also, there was the clues that she was posting all these Louis Vuitton Instagrams that people thought were trying to kind of foreshadow what the name reveal was going to be. I was really feeling Lux, honestly. So Chicago was a bit of a curveball for me. Did not see that coming. I have to say it's growing on me a little, but at first it just seems very different I'm going to be like a full etymology expert here. It seems very different than North and Saint in like vibe and temperament. And it's just a whole different kind of name to me. And it's that's throwing me off. It still seems a little jarring. Right. I guess she's named for Kanye's hometown and people, fans of Kanye West have kind of gone through all of his song lyrics every time he's mentioned the, I guess he's mentioned the city a lot in his lyrics, but the baby is going to go by the nickname Shy, spelled C-H-I, but pronounced Shy, which I can get on board with Shy. I like Shy, but I find it confusing. I feel like I had this same concern when she said that North was going to go by Nori. Remember that whole thing? Right. So, because it's to me, the the famous, I'm acting like that's like in US history books across the world. (laughs) Um, But I feel like when you give someone a name and then you tell them right off the bat what the nickname's going to be, it's like confusing. And also, Chai. Like, am I like C H I wouldn't normally be pronounced shy, right? Wouldn't it be chi? But then Chicago, I don't know. It's just, it's confusing. It's like, I don't know. It's disorienting. I like shy though as a name, just like calling someone shy is cute. Right. But I find it a little confusing. No, there's just like a lot happening with it. So you have to like think about it a lot. <laughs> right. It isn't spelled phonetically, the name. Right. That's confusing. That is a little confusing. Um, And we are not the only ones confused. I love that people pointed out that there are no records of baby girls named Chicago dating back to 1880. Wait, really? Not not a single one? According to data from the Social Security Administration. So one of my friends from college, her middle name is Chicago. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Amanda is her first name. But... 
I thought of that because she actually uses the Chicago a lot as part of her name. I was going to ask, like, what is her mood when she or her demeanor when she explains her middle name is Chicago? I think she likes having that as kind of a funky because her first name's Amanda. She has a kind of traditional last name, too. So I think she likes having something a little funky as a middle name. Oh, my gosh. I wonder we should have gotten Amanda to weigh in on this. We should have had her as a guest. I like the idea of it. I like that it kind of relates to Kanye's mom. I think it's kind of cool sounding Chicago. I saw people saying Chicago West sounded like an NBC procedural from like the 1990s or something like a hospital show or something like that. Right. Or like an airport or a community college. Yeah. I don't know. It's fine, but I'm not necessarily over the moon about it. That's how I feel. Wait, I like this question here of did Beyonce send a baby gift? Right, because what is their, we don't know their status. They went to Serena, Serena Williams's wedding. I can see Beyonce after that kind of run-in, that polite run-in, sending some token. Also, Kim has been Instagramming all sorts of like flower arrangements that she's been sent in the wake of Chicago's arrival. And she does like the handle of whoever sent her the flowers to thank them so she'll be like thank you maria menounos you know did <laughs> but, maria menounos send yeah, maria chicago menounos. west wow <laughs> yeah you know like an insta story has the tiny little slivers at the top because there's so many of them like i was it was a daunting feat and i went through them all and <laughs> there was no i guarantee you if beyonce and jay-z had sent chicago flowers beyonce <laughs> uh, Kim would have done like 18 stories just devoted to that and we did not see any flowers. From you Beyonce. are so right. They would have done a press release. They would have done an E yeah. exclusive with unnamed sources. In fact, sources. yeah, that wouldn't have been an Instagram story. Should have done like a legit post for it. So I think my deductive reasoning tells me that Beyonce did not send anything, or else we would have seen it on Kim's Instagram. Gosh, Josh. Unless, unless, do you think maybe she kind of gets that, like, in order to keep up a good relationship with Beyonce, you can't be public about it. So she's going to, I don't know. I don't think no, Kim would have no, it. I don't I, think. <laughs> she doesn't have that kind of self-control when it comes to social media. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, who could maintain themselves if you if she got a present or flowers from Beyonce? Oh my gosh. I feel like a college kid that tried to reason through this, like very, this thesis question. <laughs> yeah, like a word problem on the SATs or something. But then you, the expert, came in and corrected me. Like, no, this is actually actually how you go th- I love you have really finessed this Kim Kardashian thinking would you like to have a name that was a place like if you were California Miller California or Miller. Pittsburgh Miller Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Miller. Miller I this is this is really loaded <laughs> I, I Julia's expression is, is like inscrutable right now I cannot tell where she's gonna go I would not want to be named that but I think that Kim has actually done a great service to friends and family because this baby is going to be the easiest baby in the world to shop for. Anyone can buy something emblazoned with Chicago on it, like a t-shirt, a novelty mug. Right, completely. Also, she already, I think, speaking of her Instagram, the Instagram sleuthing I was doing, she posted, I believe... Uh, we just the... you need some sort of weekly series where it's just josh's instagram sleuthing because you dig up such good dirt thank you that's a great idea we'll do it together over the weekend she posted like a kind of looks like a shirt that has chicago written on it in i can't even it, it looks a little i can't tell if it's handmade is what i'm confused about right to me i saw that one it looked like 
something you could get at a souvenir store. I was not that impressed. I know. And it's confusing. It's sort of off-brand for her to Instagram something like this as a post. Because um, it's confusing. Anyway, but yeah, I was curious. I feel like there's going to be, you're right, lots of opportunities. She can like go to Chicago and take some selfies when she gets older, you know. I'm also going to uh, throw out an ambitious kind of uh, prediction. Ooh, is that <laughs> yeah. 10 years from now, Chicago is going to change the spelling of her name because she's going to get sick of people like not getting her nickname. And she's just going to I don't know if it's going to be legally or just like informally on school papers. Wow. When you said that, I got a little bit of a shiver because I feel like that's going to be true. That was really resonating with me for some reason. And I feel like you're right, too, because I think it's kind of an unwieldy. It's like kind of as i was saying before there's a lot going on with it the nicknames chicago is long it doesn't just roll off the top no (laughs) no wait do we know if she has a middle name i don't think she does because wouldn't kim have put that on the announcement instagram right 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 right. but north i don't think north does you know how kim and courtney take miami and chloe and whoever take the hamptons i feel like chicago is gonna take chicago on a reality show someday you know that chris has already taken like five licensing branding meetings <laughs> it's gonna be like chicago and north take chicago or go, no that doesn't that, see that's the thing it's not even that doesn't even roll off the tongue <laughs> no <laughs> the, her branding opportunity isn't even i don't know seamless to Explain. I did like, did you see that, of course, TMZ tracked down the person who has Chicago West, that Twitter handle, and like interviewed them, got the first exclusive. And didn't they say they'll give it up for a certain right. amount of money? They, yeah. they, they said it didn't seem right to sell it to Kim and Kanye, so they said they would give it to them if they reach out. What would you do if you had that URL? I would also do that, but I would have to negotiate some face-to-face meeting. <laughs> that would be the terms, right? Wouldn't that be for you? Like an it's like, it's like I the- want I want Instagram content for the next year of the whole Kardashian Jenner West crew, and then I'll give you the URL. That's what I would do. I would negotiate uh, an invite for you and me for Chris Jenner's, Jenner's Christmas party, party. right? Or maybe we, do we, would we want a cameo on the reality show? Eh, I don't, we don't need that. We'd rather go to the Christmas party. But I can really see us getting like some sort of lunch, an early white wine with Chris and Calabasas. There's a writer I follow on Instagram uh, who interviewed Kylie Jenner uh, for, I guess, his magazine. And he was on Keeping Up With The Kardashians. Like they showed the interview happening. It was like a plot line on the show. Um, and I feel like you and me could have a good plot line like that, maybe. Haven't you been on a reality show? I w- you can see me on an like, episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. I was at a Kylie and Kendall event, and they like panned to me at one point. We need to dig up that those archives. Any and if like if you're an In the Limelight fan and you find that, we'll we'll, we'll fly you to Chicago. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what we'll do. Is Kylie pregnant? What is she expecting? I refuse to exert any brain power off of this podcast um to about i find the whole way they're handling it kind of annoying and it makes me not want to even engage with it like they're they're the way they're playing so coy and it's just kind of annoying i don't know um but yeah i am interested to see how they end up revealing that's the only interest i have at this point like how they'll end up making the grand reveal because you know chris has been i assume this like top secret 
you know, way they've been handling it means that they have some fireworks extravaganza for when they finally are going to reveal her baby or the pregnancy or I don't know. Okay. While I'm in kind of psychic <laughs> prognosticator mode related <sighs> to the Kardashians. I'm living for this. Yeah. I just want predictions all episode, by the way, whatever we're talking about. Yeah. Do you think if you had to bet money, are Kylie and Chris going to try to roll out some sort of kids cosmetic line? Oh. Like a kids lip kit line. Maybe. I feel like that would be... Is if that it's a, a little thing? Girl, kids, well, yeah. a little girl especially, like kids love playing with makeup. Yeah, I could see it. I feel like that... I think more though it's going to be. I thought you were going to go more in like a conspiracy theory direction oh. with your prediction. Oh, but I like you, that because you know how some people think. Some people think Kylie was carrying Kim and Kanye's baby, and that's why everything was like kept under such secrecy. I don't really feel like it's possible that that's the case, but you never know. All right, so from Chicago to Los Angeles, an easy flight. I've made it. Let's go to the SAG Awards. So you were there. I was there. I've never been to the SAG Awards before. I've never even watched the SAG Awards. Did you watch it last night? You, Josh just like wheeled his chair back. He couldn't even take in that fact. I can't. We're done with the podcast knowing that Julie's never watched a SAG Awards. No, just kidding. The SAG Awards I watched last year on a plane back from somewhere. I find them the least exciting of the movie award shows. And you know what? I got the vibe that the actors, even the winners who won the statuettes, also thought of them as the least exciting. Like Rob, I was living for, I don't know if you could see in the press room, the feed of the, when they showed actors in the audience, but like Robert De Niro, Niro, the minute he sat down was just checking his watch for as quickly as he could get out. He was not having it. And they Um, also, he was like nominated in the first category. I was surprised like 45 minutes later when they panned, they cut away to him. He was still there checking his watch. Maybe they banked that though. Maybe he was actually like contractually obliged. Yeah. Not to rail too much on the SAG Awards, but I also find like they're only two hours, but they feel longer than the Golden Globes. Like they're just, they're lacking a certain energy. Um, They added a host. They'd never had a host before. And I don't know if that really worked. I love Kristen Bell, but it was just kind of awkward, I thought. It was a little awkward, especially awkward given the climate and everybody was, I was wondering like, where's James Franco in the audience and Aziz Ansari given all the allegations against them. And so, right. And then so Aziz wasn't there. Um, and I saw on TMZ, they said no one applauded. Did you, could you tell from where you were that no I one applauded couldn't... when his name was read? No. And also like, how does TMZ know that? And then also then James Franco didn't walk the red carpet but was definitely there. They cut to him at one point. And he was sitting with his girlfriend. Girlfriend. Yeah. The girlfriend whispered something to him, but I couldn't lip read well enough when they cut to him. I wonder what she said. It was during his award when they read the nominees in his category. So probably it was just like, good luck, baby, or something. But my favorite lip reading moment was at the end of Kristen Bell's monologue, if you can call it that, she gave like a very earnest speech sort of about the current climate and, you know, Hollywood and Reese Witherspoon mouthed well said at the end of her speech. No, because I don't, they weren't constantly playing the award show backstage, 
But um, I love that. Oh, yeah. I want a gift. And of I was, that. can you ima- can you imagine giving any sort of speech or talking in any manner and having Reese say what you well said afterwards? That I would have fainted. <laughs> I would it's have like had ulti- to be carried off the stage. <laughs> I don't know what it says about me. That's like my ultimate fantasy of after me giving a speech that I would just see Reese like approvingly nodding. Speaking of Reese, let's talk about Nicole. There's a lot of Nicole to get into last night. She was in a weird mood. You could tell on TV and you got to see her in person. So I'm dying to hear what you thought about her vibe. Well, I did not actually hear her speech, but I read somewhere that she admitted she had the flu. But didn't she get up and hug everybody before she... So so can you explain that to me? Yeah. So I'll do the speech part and I can't wait to hear about backstage because I know some of it already. So she won... She seemed a little, you could just tell she was a little maybe frazzled, but, you know, she just won an award. She hugged Alexander Skarsgård. I love watching their awkward dynamic at this point after all that's gone on between them. She kind of like kissed him on the cheek, but like making such a point. She's never kissing him on the lips again. (laughs) Then she got to the stage and like she was kind of crying um, and then she apologized sort of for being in this emotional state she was in. And she said she was playing this character who's really gotten under her skin um, and that she was filming until 1 a.m. the night before. Um, and that she was just in a c- kind of crazed state because of whatever this character is that she's playing. And then she said she also had the flu. So it was just like a lot off the bat. A lot of and information. Then, and then she like opens up this parchment and she'd kind of written a speech. Parchment? And then she uh, starts thanking, yeah, she starts like thanking. So first she's thanked Reese and Laura, her girlfriends and friends. Then she did a special tribute to Jessica Lang and Susan Sarandon, a crazy pronunciation of Sarandon. I can't even do it justice. <laughs> then... She kind of was like talking about how she'd always looked up to them as actresses. And then that like became a transition into her reading the names of just actresses out of nowhere that she kind of has always admired. So she was like Meryl Streep, Isabel Huppert. Like she's reading like a list of them. She's like, if I had time, I'd name more. Like I didn't know where this was going, but I was loving it. Then that kind of shifted into a whole other kind of normal speech where then she just talked about you know, I, I can't even remember the kind of what when she went to there. But then she talked about Big Little Lies a bit and then her family and such at the end. But you could see she was just in kind of a intense mindset, I guess, because of this movie, which we now know what the movie was. Right. Well, wait, wait. I can't get past parchment. Was it like a scroll that she unraveled or what was it? I think it it was just a piece of paper, but it looked very um, weathered. Like it looked like, you know, when you've seen a movie when someone's like burned the edges of a paper or something (laughs) in fire. Um, But I just also like the idea of her taking like a quill or something. (laughs) But (laughs) I feel like she went right with like a normal pen. Agreed. Um, but she seemed very, I, I will say this for Nicole Kidman, for, it was so clearly she was destined to win that. She's been winning all of these awards that she does seem genuinely moved to win them. And I really appreciate that. Right, right. Because after a while, she's won so many so frequently. I would just kind of seem over it. I would have loved to explore a different timeline where she didn't win suddenly for the first time. Like, what would her reaction have been? I don't, I mean, I think she would have been, I feel like she's in a great sort of state having won the one she's won that I think she would have been really happy. I don't think she would have had any, but wait, so tell me what it was like when she got backstage. So she also talked about this role, right? Right. Just a general remark about the press backstage. (laughs) Yeah. The SAG Awards. 
it's bizarre. The things they were more excited about, this is us winning and talking to Mandy more than they were Nicole Kidman. I wanted to sit everybody down and have like a really hard talk about priorities. I also loved your Instagram story of how people had like their trash out when Nicole was back there. (laughs) I know. Can we tidy up a little when Nicole Kidman is standing a few feet from you? Right. Like if she were to walk into our house, would we really just have paper plates just to... What were people wearing at the SAGs? Is it a different press room dress code or no? When you pick up your credentials, they tell you you're supposed to wear black tie. But these press reporters have like been a very loose definition of black tie. There was one woman in just like a snow parka. And she was the most ecstatic about this is us. That that somehow makes sense to me. There's this woman who must be 200 years old who said all of these events. I have no idea. You've talked about her before, I think. Yeah. Was she there? She was there last night? Yes. And she, she, say what you will about her, has a spangly blazer to go (laughs) to every, every award show. So she is ready. She wears it every time, huh? She's a different one for every award show and like makeup that must have taken days by like a whole squad. Can we please have her on at some time? I would love to hear her like war stories. I need to just like profile her. Yeah, we need a VF like exclusive on her. Um, But so Nicole Kidman came back and I do have to mention beforehand that Sam Rockwell... Um, he came back after winning and he noticed that Nicole had just won on stage. Whenever an actor comes back, they turn the TVs on mute so we can't hear what's mm, happening going it. on the show. Sam Rockwell demanded, like, it, politely that they turn on the volume because before speaking to press, he wanted to see what Nicole had to say. He pulled up a chair. I, maybe he's just being very canny and trying to earn a lot of sympathy for the Oscar. Right, Josh, right. Josh, no, I don't, Josh thinks. I don't know. Does he doesn't? I, some actors I would think that about, but I don't know. He doesn't necessarily seem like that type. Right. Right. But I thought that was a little interesting. I I love that. So he just was watching. He was just watching. And Does then, he know Nicole? Like, as they were at work together? It's a little weird if he has literally no connection to her. <laughs> right. Like, if that had been, I'm trying to think of, like, This Is Us, would he have asked them to, like, no. turn the TV? We'll never know. He would have turned the TV off. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> the woman in the park, I would have lost it. Wait, so, every, so then everyone listened to Nicole's speech with Sam Rockwell, basically. Right, right. And Sam Rockwell... Because now we were all just watching him watch Nicole's speech. How was he, re- he? Was he like reacting to it or no? He was studying it intensely as if he was playing Nicole Kidman at the SAG Awards like in some <sighs> That's movie. really funny. But anyway, so after she was done, he said, I like that. I like what she had to say. Cut to Nicole Kidman coming back. And other actors didn't even bother to come back. So I was I was really touched. I felt like she knew I was back there. Maybe she had to make the trip. She came back looking resplendent in those. She looked incredible in that outfit she was wearing. Those time. chocolate beads. Yeah. Not like she ever doesn't. But she came back and people from the craziest outlets raised their hands with questions like, I don't even know. It was like, it sounded like it was some sporting blog. Like, I'm so-and-so with a sporting blog. So Which, Nicole, which she would love, as we know, from her hockey fandom. <laughs> right. 
But they said, so, Nicole, you're uh, starring on Big Little Lies. How good of a liar are you? That was the opener. What? That is a wild opening question. Right. So, Nicole seemed thrown by it. Yeah, I mean, understandably, right? Even if she hadn't been filming until 1 a.m., even if she didn't have the flu, I feel like she still would have been thrown. What did she say? So she tried to say, like, oh, you know, you'd have to ask my mom that. And she kind of, like, started and stopped a few times. Like, when I was little, my mom didn't like even calling it lying because she thought that had such a negative connotation. She said, you know, I'm sorry to answer that so seriously, but I'm just in such a serious space right now with the character. I have to give some credit there to, like, that's a weird question. Right. I wish Nicole could have just said, like, honestly. (laughs) Like, Like, I'm lying right now when I say that's a good question. You tell me. (laughs) Right. Um, Then they continued, but it was it was a weird she did seem out of it kind of maybe like she was on flu meds, cold meds, and you don't really know what quite is happening. Someone asked if Keith would ever cameo on the show. I can't believe that wasn't from you. I feel like you would have been done. Like, (laughs) I know. Well, right. I say someone, but it was me. (laughs) Uh, she said, you'd have to ask him. He's out there. And she kind of pointed to the hallway. She wasn't holding her statue at this point, which I assume he was out there you oh. know, guarding it for her. He's out there. He's my biggest supporter. I'm so fortunate to have such an incredible partner in life. He's so kind. And I don't think having a cameo on one of my projects would interest him, to be honest. But... She but then said, she ended with an amazing kicker. Right. I think she was in such a weird haze state that she didn't know if she correctly answered the question and felt like she had to give us something else. So she was like, but I sleep with him. <laughs> That's so funny. I feel like everyone must have been just like shell-shocked. Everybody was very, very confused, but she was really sweet and seemed to be excited by the win, so... Good, good for her. But Josh and I were so curious to see what this role is that has shaken her to her core. <laughs> and let me say the Daily Mail link Julie sent me with the paparazzi photos from this from the set where she's filming this movie were I, I, I had to like take a take a walk around the office after I looked at them. They're intense. I mean, I see why she's as like traumatized as she is playing this character. I don't really know anything about the movie other than I guess, what do we know about it? It's called The Destroyer. It's um, called The Destroyer. To I would describe these photos as saying, like, imagine Nicole Kidman if she was filming a cameo role on The Walking Dead. Yes. Like, she, it looked to me she had, was it grease or, like, all over her face? And, like, she's playing some sort of police officer, so she's kind of, like, walking around with her, like, in her police officer garb and with a gun or something. But it looks crazy. She is wielding a semi-automatic gun. She has this mousy brown shoulder-length wig on. Um, She plays Detective Aaron Bell, an LAPD officer who must reckon with her dark past and ties to gangs from her undercover days. I mean, I I want to see this so badly because it's so... I mean, talk about... I mean, she's obviously an incredible actress, but like the, the opposite of a Big Little Lies style situation. I mean, and Nicole stayed with me so much last night that I had a Nicole Kidman dream. Josh, have you ever had Wow, a, this is like she, the bearing the lead of this podcast. What was the dream? 
I don't know what this means, but she and Tom Cruise were reuniting for a movie in which they were raising children and Tom... But not their own adopted ones. But Tom's religious beliefs prevented Nicole from being able to connect with them fully. <laughs> so I don't know what this means. Well, isn't I that mean, some sort of what people think is really the case with their kids? Yeah, I don't know. It was it was very weird. Wow, but anyway, this is like intense. Where, where were you in the dream? Were you like on the set with them, or well, were you first, not? Were you not physically in with them in the dream? At first, I was watching this as a movie trailer, and then I was like, "Oh, I didn't know this was a movie. I never read anything about this." And then Tom Cruise handpicked me to co-star, <laughs> so I was trying to run Wait. lines. <laughs> And within the bearing the lead of the dream, you buried the lead of the dream. So then right. you were running lines with him. Were you like being recruited as his next like Katie Holmes? I don't know, but I was trying to explain to Tom, like, Tom, I don't have any acting experience here. I don't know what I can give you. And he was oh trying to God. tell me it would be good for the role. <laughs> this, is, this is like my new favorite, this is the best thing we've ever talked about on the podcast. Julie and Tom. Yeah. I'm gonna make, can, someone needs to mock up a movie trailer of that for us, please. <laughs> Julie Miller and Tom Cruise in. I know, and he had good the, for long the role. hair like he did when he was in the Samurai movie. Oh I yeah, yeah. What were yeah. you wearing in the audition or the the conversation? It was a weird like, it was like a medieval. I was wearing peasant clothes. <laughs> this keeps taking like weirder and weirder turns. Let's get oh off the subject. All right. Well, let's. I am excited to see, um, hear more, <laughs> to, to contemplate that further. Um, <laughs> and so I'm trying to think if there's anything else interesting from this. Oh, Alexander Skarsgård. I didn't hear his speech. Was his it speech. Good? His speech was interesting. I was. I had never quite seen someone be th that self-deprecating in a speech. So he was in. I guess I didn't do a supporting actor actor separation for the limited series category, which is why Nicole and Laura Dern were in the same category. Um, and it was also why, in the male side, Alexander Skarsgård was up against lead actors, including Robert De Niro. Oh no! And he bested Robert De Niro. Right. So then, oh when he gosh. got up there, you could see him just sort of thinking like this is crazy so he said well that makes sense and then he and then he said because the two best actors are alexander skarsgård and robert de niro like he was he was really going into this like self-deprecating like there's no way i should have been robert de niro did they cut away to angry robert de niro no they i don't think so um but i kind of appreciate i thought it was sort of endearing he went maybe a touch far with it but i thought it was like at least he was like i guess he was acknowledging how silly he found it that he was beating there were the other people in the category were similarly legendary. I forget who they all were. Legendary enough for you to immediately <laughs> forget. forget them. But then he was sitting next to Jack McBriar, who Julie and I know and have discussed at length, were our like longtime buddies, were inseparable at the after party for the Emmys. I could not get over the fact that he was sitting there with Nicole Kidman at Nicole Kidman's table. That well, there's, was just there's never... a lot of, the, the table seating was weird in general that because Molly Shannon was at a table with the Big Little Lies crew also, which I couldn't figure out. Um, but it seems like a fun crew, I guess. His speech, other than that, was kind of, he, he kind of ended it shortly after his that makes sense joke. But then I guess he said backstage to somebody, 
that, and he's like hinted at this like so many times, but that he is going to be somehow in Big Little Lies season two. He didn't come back to the press room, but I saw that. And I guess he also said that he doesn't even know if his character is dead, really, which is what he told me and Josh famously. He is really like he's really going hard on this. Like I'm coming back for season two thing. Because he's been telling us that since Sammy, so he clearly is like angling. I don't know if he's angling for it or they've already told him something we just don't know yet or what. I'm into it, though. I, I like him being around still. I support it. I'm excited. I did love that Amabella got a shout out. In the clip, right? In the clip, right, right. I will say this for the SAGs. I love when they show the clips. They picked really good clips friend of the podcast claire foy won which i was very happy about i know you were too um i was, I was really too. sad she wasn't there though i, I felt know. like i feel like she's she's gone to all the emmys and golden globes where she's nominated and hasn't won and this would have been her i would love to have heard her acceptance speech true same here i don't know where she is what's she doing they cut to matt smith and vanessa kirby in the audience kind of looking around a little like cluelessly so at first i thought she was in the bathroom or something but i think oh I would have loved if Vanessa Kirby. The Kirby had accepted on her behalf. And I I feel like that 100% should have happened. I know. Someone should have. Margaret could have gotten her moment to shine. Oh, gosh. Speaking of Princess Margaret, this is a great transition to Princess Eugenie. So there was another royal wedding coming up, Julie. This is I feel like I haven't fully processed that there's like a full on other royal wedding that's going to happen this year. I know. I don't I don't keep up with Eugenie that much. Yeah. Do you? <laughs> no, I don't. And also, like, we should say that this isn't. Th- there's. A, I feel like this is going to be in the shat in the shadow of the real royal wedding that we're excited about. But well, it's at the I, same location, which is interesting. Same location, just a few months after. I wonder how Meghan and Harry feel. Feel. Well, I, Me, I was wondering Meghan. that too, and I was also thinking about the crown. Whenever they talked about, you know, you can't overshadow other family members or I, I was just curious about there must have been some discussion about sort of the timing of all of this and I kind of am surprised they're not waiting to get married next year well but they've been dating for seven years they've been dating for a minute so maybe if anything Eugenie was pissed off when Megan and Harry got engaged I could understand that because she was like I've been dating this guy for seven years we're ready to roll right so Princess Eugenie is obviously, or not, not necessarily obviously, William and Harry's cousin. So she is Andrew and Fergie's daughter, Beatrice's sister. Um, and this guy's name is Jack Brooksbank, which is like a perfect name for someone marrying a princess, I feel. Perfect. I also like, there's a lot of like interesting little weird details about him. Like he owned this kind of crazy bar that William and Harry used to frequent. He managed a tiki-themed nightclub called Makiki. And you better believe that when Josh and I are in London in May, we are, like, first stop is Makiki. Oh, yeah, we are 100%. You're reading my mind. Julie and I will be Instagramming from Makiki if it kills us. (laughs) And also they met, which is so perfect, I feel, for a royal couple at a ski chalet in the Swiss Alps while she was a student. What do you make of the kind of i guess way that this was rolled out and slash like do you think there's going to be as much excitement or interest in this as i mean not obviously as much as for harry and megan but like do you think people are going to still be kind of excitedly reporting on it the way that they are about this wedding 
Sadly, I don't think so, right? Just because she's such a supporting character in this whole cast of British royals. But I would kind of love it if there was this competition. A little rivalry, tabloid rivalry. And if I was like advising uh, Eugenie, I'd start leaking stuff now. Like I'd do like a kind of core, like an Instagram of my like wedding dress fitting or like, you know, like, like let's get some details out ahead of Megan, you know? Because everything with Megan and Harry is so behind locked doors. Like, it'd be kind of funny if they kind of tried to overshadow them a little. Right. And I wonder who was actually engaged first. Like, I wonder if... Wait, can you please read? I didn't know this about how he proposed to her. Well, this is the kind of... This is crazy. This is the kind of theatrical proposal I was expecting from Harry. The Queen's granddaughter said it was a complete surprise when Mr. Brooks Bank got down on one knee in front of a volcano as the sun was setting in Nicaragua earlier this month. That sentence just that keeps is, on taking that turns. <laughs> that is cinematic, though. Like, I love that. And that is, you're 100% right. I don't want no chicken dinner. Like, if you're getting married to a royal family member, you go for the volcano. Right. Not Um, just a sunset. Not just a sunset in Nicaragua, but a sunset in Nicaragua (laughs) in front of a volcano. That is some drama. That is so funny. It's true. It's like upping at every turn. And that's appropriate. Oh, wow. And Queen Elizabeth knew he was the one because I guess Eugenie said she knew right at the beginning that she was very happy. Right. Granny actually knew right at the beginning. She was very happy. Um, Oh, wow. I know. The way that this was written by the BBC, it made it seem seem as though like the Queen was on board with Jack from the beginning, which is not something we got from the Harry Meghan. But maybe I'm just cynically looking for any little... I I love this. Julie highlighted this, but this is how the Telegraph says explains who Eugenie is. She has posed for fashion magazine Harper's Bazaar and shared the secrets of a day in her life, revealing she shops at Waitrose, does her makeup in the car, finds <laughs> this is like sadder by the second, finds heels tricky to walk in, and likes to watch Netflix. She listed chips. It sounds like one of the, you know, like a bachelorette, the bachelor show. They like announce who the contestants are going to be. She listed chips, diet Coke and cashew nuts as her indulgences and vodka soda with lime as her favorite tipple, which must mean conch. So I just love my I God love the construction. I love these details. Josh, what would your telegraph blurb be? What else do we know about Josh DeBoff? <laughs> He's like... I don't know. It's it's gonna make that actually look super glamorous. That description. Uh, he scroll he scrolls through Nicole Kidman's Instagram comments. He deletes half the Instagram stories he's gonna post. This is all about Instagram. God, my life is not not exciting. <laughs> uh, I watch Netflix too, though. I also I also I've never done my makeup in the car, but I probably would. I find heels tricky to walk in. You find heels tricky to walk in? Wow. So maybe we're more, maybe the reason we're so like amused by this is because it's really us. Right. It's just a reflection. I don't like cashew, I don't like cashew nuts, but I'm I'm a Diet Coke person. Right. All right. So then we, what else do we know about this guy she's married? The Telegraph claims that Jack is now the UK brand ambassador of Casamigos Tequila, which we know was founded by George Clooney. He also said that his his dream is to start a chain of pubs. So I love this. I love that he's just full in like the nightclub, the partying, the tequila. 
Wait, also, do you think this means that George is going to be invited to the wedding? Oh my gosh. George and Amal. What? Wait, and that, that, wait, that's what I'll love if there's somehow like a competition between the Meghan Harry wedding and this wedding in terms of guests. Like they get George and Amal and Harry gets Obama or whatever it is. This is the subplot that we really needed while building anticipation for Meghan's wedding. As if there wasn't enough. Now we have this like competing wedding. Um, and then it's, I mean, it's also weird to me almost that they're in the same venue. Like, I feel like that's a no-no. Like, if, if like we had a friend in our lives here who, and you were having a wedding and then you found out your friend was having a wedding in the same place, I feel like that's not okay. Right. It is a little strange. It is a little strange. So wait, did she do an interview or they just released portraits, engagement they, portraits? They did, an, they did an interview with the BBC. They're really doing everything out of the Meghan Harry mold, the joint BBC interview. Um so wait, and then the last thing we have to talk about with them, though, is these tweets that Fergie has been putting up all day where she's kind of finding she's kind of like making her own memes, I guess, like is the best way to explain it. Um, and they are weird. She's like inter she's like she's like overlaying quotes and like kind of like messages on top of these like bizarre candid photos that I guess she must have of them like on her iPhone or something. Um, it's kind of cute, but definitely a little weird. Can I read my favorite one? Yeah. <laughs> okay. She, so she posted five consecutive, consecutive photos on Twitter with text over them. I don't know which app she was using to do it. I guess I should be impressed because I wouldn't know. But the first yeah, one, <laughs> the first one, total joy, hashtag engagement, at the Duke of York. And then the photo on the message reads, a total embrace of goodness and joy. We love Jack, and I am so excited to have a son, a brother, and a best friend. If I'm Jack, I'm like getting freaked out. Back to the message. Eugenie is one of the finest people I know, so together it will be pure harmony. If I'm Jack, I'm we, like, whoa, uh, we have to take we, we have to establish some boundaries. <laughs> A mother-in-law... Wait, I didn't read this. A mother-in-law is calling her future son-in-law a brother and a best friend? Right. Like, like aside from the weird, like, incestuous... Does she... It raises a lot of questions. I mean, and also the way this is laid on top... The, the way the text is laid on top of the photo is wild. Like, each line is a different font and size. Like, I don't know what kind of antics she was getting up into in her photoshop but like it's wild it's like giving me like a seizure and then this text is crazy josh you have to describe the one you just sent me okay so then so she posted that one which is i think the wildest then she kind of does a normal ish photo of them on water that says they float with laughter and love although a boat helps fine then it goes to, I always say that the river flows well to its destiny because of the guidance of a solid rock. Like, it's kind of a weird metaphor. I can't really tell who's who's the river and who's the rock. Right. Also, is this original <laughs> Fergie poetry? I'm intrigued. <laughs> then, then there's another one that we won't talk about. But then the last one, or who knows, there'll probably be eight more by the time this podcast actually airs. But for now, the last one. It's kind of like she's playing horsey. Like it's Eugenie on top of 
Jack's like sort of riding him, like ride him cowboy style. And the message says, thank you for your message and for sharing all our happiness with them and you. Which is like not a little convoluted. I mean, really the thing here is the image, which is hard to even do justice to. They're kind of hiding behind flowers. Right. I didn't realize it at first because they're behind this bush, this flower bush. But (laughs) she is definitely riding him like a horse. It's just like a weird. If I'm like, if my mom is posting that, I'm not sure how I feel. Like the pals you know? did not sign off on this Twitter <laughs> fury. <laughs> I know. I mean, you know what? That is actually what makes it so funny. It's like because they're because they're at, you can actually see on the really Kensington Royal account the legit portrait of them. And then Fergie, meanwhile, is just going off script with these like homemade um, inspirational quotes. I want someone collages. to go check on her. She's already established kind of, their hat, hashtag, hashtag Jack and Yuji. <laughs> I kind of want this to continue right up until the wedding. Like, I just want a constant stream of imagery from her. I know. And some of these photos are like so grainy. Like this one that they make <laughs> laughter, like Eugenie is so blurry. But I mean, I, I love the sentiment and the excitement. Meghan Markle's um, half-sister needs to get on this. I want to see some collages of Meghan and Harry. I know. Where was Charles with these these photo overlay skills? Now that I've seen that this is possible, I want more. But yeah, it's going to be interesting because also, I mean, Kate and William, Harry and Meghan, they'll all be at this wedding. Maybe they'll have like joint uh, bachelorette parties. Mm. Do they have, do royals have those? Yeah, apparently Meghan's going to have a low-key one. And then Harry, obviously. And then Harry's going to have like a wild one at right. some Alps resort. I was going to say, I could see Megan trying to do like the joint couples bachelor bachelorette party. Oh, uh, yeah. It's like you can like keep an eye on your, your boo kind of thing. <laughs> right. Oh, my. All right. Well, I mean, I, I'm excited by this. I feel like it adds a kind of fun little C-plot subplot into the I mix. I know. Let us know what you guys think of this this announcement, what you think of Fergie's messages of excitement, if you think it's too much for your future and mother-in-law to publicly hope you become best friends. Let us know. Let us know if you think Megan will do her messy bun look for this wedding or right. if she'll go for a different style yeah anyway lots of excitement this week actually as a little tease because i'm going to the grammys this weekend so we have another award show to discuss and the goop summit so there'll be gwyneth and grammys to discuss on next week's episode saturday so i'm going to be having a little bit of a wild new york weekend with gwyneth and then rocking out the next night oh my gosh you have the instagram video I'm really hoping our friend Apple Martin is there, who Julie and I partied with in LA over the Emmys. You should probably text her to coordinate. I really wish you were there because we had, Julie and I had a very fun time at the Goop um, pop-up opening. Well, I can't wait to hear. So um, that does it for this week's episode. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, look at us, look for us on Apple Podcasts where you can rate, review, etc. It really helps us find listeners and we really appreciate the feedback. Also, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at In the Limelight to further discuss any of these subjects. You can also follow us individually. I'm at Julie W. Miller. And I'm Jay Duboff. Uh, we're on Instagram at In the Limelight Pod. This episode was edited and produced by Danielle Roth. Thanks so much for joining us, and we will talk to you next week. Until then, 
No bad, bad energy. energy. <laughs> Skillful as always. Really perfect. Thank you, guys. 